When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's time to Take Command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome into Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson, and this is our Vikings preview show. So uh, what we're going to do today is we're, we're going to preview the game coming up against the Vikings. I know, wild thought. Uh, obviously, we put out the bonus episode yesterday with the latest at the time on this potential sale from Dan Snyder of the Commanders. Uh, we are continuing to follow that story as well as the ESPN story that broke right after on the potential uh, financial impropriety that's being investigated by the Eastern District of Virginia. But because that story is consistently having new things happen, trying to capture where we are in a moment in time in a podcast feels rather silly. This is why we have not one, but two radio stations. Uh, tune into the Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan uh, for the latest on that. And if there is enough to compile and, and worthy uh, things happening there, we'll compile another bonus episode however uh to help us preview this game against the vikings it is our pleasure to welcome in dane mizutani who is the host of inside purple and gold and he's also the vikings beat reporter for the saint paul pioneer press dane welcome to the show uh good to talk to you for the second time in an hour after doing your show an hour ago yeah it's like we're best friends now craig <laughs> pretty much logan how do you feel about being replaced uh, I mean, I feel pretty good about it. I'm pretty busy, so getting Dane on here is probably the right move. Wow. Wow. That hurts enough that we're just going to move on quickly so I don't process it. Uh, uh -huh. So, Dane, we obviously talked on your show about the common connection. What are you talking here. about? You're the one talking about replacing me, man. Which is more hurtful there? Being okay we're not gonna we're not gonna replaced? analyze this, Logan. All right, we're I'm just, just gonna... saying that we get paid to analyze stuff, Craig. Okay, go that's, ahead. That's true. Uh, we perhaps should get a psychologist on next. Dane, welcome to our very <laughs> silly show. Um, we were talking on your show about uh, Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell. And obviously I have a lot of experience with those guys covering them on the beat. Uh, Logan, you played with Kirk for a couple of years, didn't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. For, he got here in 2012. Yeah. Yep. So I played with him till like the off season of 16. Yeah. So a couple of years. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I'm just curious from your perspective, uh, when Kirk arrives there in Minnesota, who is he as a quarterback and how has that changed and evolved over the last couple of years? And then we can, you know, obviously talk about Kevin as well. Yeah, I think I said this on on when we recorded, you know, an hour ago, Craig. But like he is someone who I think has always been this polarizing figure in the league, right? Like he's someone who I don't think fans quite realize that they they can do a lot worse. Like in in times throughout a season, Kirk will do things like throw the check down when you need eight yards, and I think that can frustrate fans. But you look at the quarterback play across the league and 
frankly, that what Kirk Cousins has been able to do with the Vikings this year, regardless of his statistics, um, he stepped up in big moments. He's been able to kind of run this offense. And I think it's been kind of a, a you've seen him grow leaps and bounds um, since when he first got to Minnesota. I, I think a lot of that has to do with who is in charge now. Um, his first three years with the Vikings, while, while Mike Zimmer was the head coach, I think you saw him kind of looking over his shoulder, kind of afraid to make a mistake, um, almost robotic in, in his reads to the sense that if I don't do this, if, if I don't follow this read to the exact T and, and this becomes a mistake because of that, you know, I will kind of suffer the consequences, have to bear the brunt of, of Mike Zimmer's frustration. So you saw kind of this like robotic movements out of him, the robotic way of handling the position as a whole. Um, and while I think that you'll never get that out of Kirk Cousins completely, you've seen this year, um, just kind of him lean into himself, been able to kind of kind of harness who he is as a quarterback, as a person. And it's it's kind of all kind of manifested into you know, a six and one start for the Vikings. I know a lot, a lot of times, like the margins in the NFL are, are so thin. Um, it, it's not as if Kirk Cousins and his relationship with Kevin O'Connell, it just automatically converted to six and one. Um, there's a lot of fortune that, that, that came along the way with that. Um, but I think you've seen this relationship kind of grow. And, and, and because of that, you've seen Kirk take steps forward as both a quarterback and as a, a as a leader in this room. Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned a little bit about the um, the schedule, the record six and one. Like, how how do you think this team? Like, because I think the I personally think the record is a little bit inflated of how good the team actually is. Like, what are your thoughts on that? What are some areas that are concerning and areas that you think the team's done uh, well in over the last uh, seven games? Yeah, I think anytime you are undefeated in in, in one score games. Um, the record's going to feel a little inflated. They haven't, they don't really have a signature win. Everyone thought it was the Green Bay win in week one. Um, but as we're coming to realize, um, Green Bay might just not be that good this year. Um, Aaron Rodgers has no one to throw to. It seems like that locker room is kind of in disarray um, just from an outside perspective. So you you look at who the Vikings have, have defeated this year. And, and yeah, I, I think to your point, I, I've left, Sunday's feeling the same way like is this team really good mm. like I don't really know like every single week they seem to make things hard on themselves but every single week they also seem to pull out the victory when when it's all said and done so I think there is something to be said about that I think at six and one it almost becomes like a math problem like are they good <laughs> I don't know like it doesn't really matter if they're right. good because they're six and one um but there, there's certainly areas they need to grow um you know, starting with Kirk Cousins, I mean, I think they, they need to push the ball downfield more. Um, you, you've seen it, you know, his air yards are, are down compared to every other year in his career. And, I, you know, you, you have to let it rip when you have a guy like Justin Jefferson. I know he's getting doubled. I know he's getting tripled. But a lot of times, you know, the routes are there and he's just not throwing them. Um, you, you, the defense as well. Um, I think this is kind of a case across the league. I think defenses as a whole have gone towards the, you know, too high you know, high to low, make teams be patient and bend, but don't break. The Vikings have done that tremendously this year, giving up a lot of yards and not a lot of points. Um, but I don't think that's something necessarily that can always be sustainable. I mean, if they're get, just giving up gas chunk yards game in, game out, and the defense is on the field at all times, relying on, you know, it, a turnover or forcing a turnover at an opportune moment. Um, that's where we talk about the margins. If they're not forcing those turnovers, then the game can go the other way very easily. So 
they're six and one. I don't know how good they are, but like I said, I don't really know if it actually matters. Um, I think they're going to run away with the NFC North. I think a couple more victories here uh, and, and maybe a couple more losses from the Packers. This thing could be wrapped up by Thanksgiving. Also, the, the schedule is really favorable. Um, mm. After the, the commanders this week, they play the Bills and the Cowboys, and that's about it. That you know, like after that, like the, the schedule sets up really nicely for them. Um, but certainly, they, they need to, to play better as a whole, or, or they could drop some of these games that they are going to be on paper favorite to win. So one of the things that I know Kevin really focused on when he got there was the situational football. So like it is mm -hmm. certainly feels fluky that they are undefeated in one score games, but they were the worst team in the NFL in that those situations over the past couple of years under Zimmer. What does that actually look like in practice to be better situational masters, to be people who actually execute under pressure and can win these games where they have been historically bad prior to this season and the new coaching staff's arrival? Yeah, I think it, it just comes down to repetition and, and like I can't speak to, to the Zimmer practices just because like we're obviously there for the first like 10, 15 minutes, take attendance and leave. So I don't know what his situational masters program looked like, uh, but I know that that when when things got tough or got hairy towards the end of games, like the Vikings almost kind of had this like oh no, here we go again, or are we going to pull this out? And where it's the complete opposite this time around. And, and you see them them kind of rise to the occasion in those moments. Kirk had that stretch where, you know, three straight weeks with, with a game-winning drive, and, you know, and, and you know, final time the offense touched the ball. Um, those are things that in the past, I think, go the other way. And I think that, that just confidence plays a big role in that. I also see little things, like I, I think back to the Vikings defeated the Bears, I think it was a few weeks ago. And there was a play along the sideline. Um, the cornerback Cam Danzler strips um, a Bears receiver of the ball. And instead of running, and he just goes down. And it's it's something so simple. But, like, instead of just trying to score a touchdown or trying to get extra yards that were, were needless at the time because the Vikings were, were in the lead, uh, he just went down. The Vikings were able to trot the offense on the field, kneel the ball, kill the clock and, and the game was over. So it's little things like that snapshot moments in time of just like, well, duh, that's what you should do there. Um, but a lot of times you don't see that with, with, with certain guys. I think that's coached. I think that's repped in practice. And I think you're seeing it on the field in game days. And, you know, obviously you talked about the air yards being down with this offense, but you know, like this is a Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan offensive tree. And like, mm -hmm. they don't necessarily push the ball downfield that way. You know, a lot of play action pass, a lot of RPO, a lot more RPO than Kyle probably runs, but that's a big part of the offense. How much of that do you think is them trying to to manage Kirk and put him in a comfortable situation? And how much of it is you think what the what what the actual version of this offense is? I, I think a lot of it comes down to to managing Kirk. I think yes, this is inherently the offense that Kevin is going to run, um, but I think he's a good enough coach at this point from the seven weeks that, that we've seen him coach football in the NFL, that, that he's going to put guys in, in the optimal position to succeed. So I'm not sure he's dialing up every single, you know, in nook and cranny of the playbook because he understands like what, are, what plays are going to allow Kirk to have the most success. I think you see it in the NFL sometimes and just across sports in general, like a coach has a scheme and it's rigid and it's like, this is my way of doing things and this is where we're going to do it. And if you can't do it, then too bad. Um, I think Kevin has a little bit of malleability in that sense of like, yeah, this is the offense they're going to run. 
um, but you're seeing some of the the plays, you know, play in, play out, drive in, drive out, um, that that are putting Kirk in in, in a position to succeed. Now, uh, Kirk's the first one to say, and and we he hasn't always been the most accountable, and I think that that always goes back to to coaching. And I think like when you have someone who believes in you, it's easier to kind of stand in front of there, at, you know, at the podium and say like, I have to be better because you don't have to be on the defensive all the time. But he said it yesterday. He said it time and time again. Like he has to be better. Like he has to be better in this offense to kind of make the offense more explosive as a whole. Um, but I also think it's something that that's coming along with time. I think everyone in the offense is getting more comfortable. Um, I think in the NFL, especially like we, we, we kind of sit back from, you know, we're, wherever we're watching the game and say like, this should be clicking already. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, the Vikings have had two months in this offense after having eight years under Mike Zimmer um, with like five or six different offensive coordinators. So this was always going to take some time. I think the fact that it's taking some time, they're learning and they're able to learn after wins rather than learn after losses is something that's obviously, you know, preferred from, from their standpoint. Yeah, definitely. Uh, also helping last week was the running game for the first time in a while. Uh, Minnesota bottom third of the league in rushing offense most of the year. I guess let's. I'm not very good at math, but I think they're 21st now, which would technically get them out of the the, the bottom third into that the back end of that middle tier, right? Because there's 32 teams divided by whatever. The point is they're 21st in rushing offense, but they had a ton of yardage last week. What finally went right for them against the Cardinals and uh, how confident are you that they can repeat that against a really good rush defense that the commanders have? Yeah, I, I think it's something that like last week is kind of a perfect storm in the sense they hit a couple chunk runs early. They, they established it early and, and, and they were playing with the lead a lot of the time. And then that was something that they could just, kind of fall back on i think you've seen it week to week some some weeks kevin o'connell has lost dalvin cook in in his playbook like it's been well you know how did dalvin cook possibly only end up with with eight carries in this game or i think it was one game where he had 11 and i think that's kind of been him learning and how to call plays in the nfl sometimes it, it hasn't been always you know focused on the run it's been i need to you know get kirk I need to get Justin the ball. I need to get Adam the ball. Um, I think it's as this kind of has happened and, and progressed, you've seen kind of a more, uh, well, let's get Dalvin involved. Let's get Alexander Madison, who is a very, very good backup running back involved. Um, you're seeing kind of those zone schemes, those zone runs, and, and they're starting to hit. Um, I, I think we, we're talking to Dalvin Cook. Like he said the running game's always been there. Like, I, it hasn't like, like a running back's going to say that, but like I mean, he's, he's, always... the, he's the ninth leading rusher in the NFL though. It's not like he's not being productive. I think he's averaging 80 yards a game. He's averaging 4.9 yards a carry. Like the statistical production is there for an offense. That's kind of in transition. I, I would think, you know, and I'm just an observer watching the film. Obviously he's not breaking off 50 yard runs every game, but there is a different type of approach here. It seems to me. Right. And that was, that's, you know, like that was the point. Like it, it, it hasn't always been there in the sense of like big chunk plays, but like he has, you know, that, that's what that was what he was trying to say to us. Like it, it's there, it's there. And he's just saying like, you look at the Miami game from two weeks ago, like it was two yards, three yards, four yards. And then they, they hit the 53 yard run that they've been looking for all year. So right. I think it's something where as you, you kind of keep going, like these, these chunk runs are going to come, um, but they're just going to have to keep relying on it moving forward. 
So what about on the defensive side of the ball for them? Like where, how confident are you that they can, they can hold this Washington offense, which is now I got a couple weeks of tape on it uh, with this current group of weapons and Taylor Heineke at the helm. And then I want to ask you about Taylor real quick before we get out of here. Yeah. Um, I think the Vikings, I think the, the, the commanders are going to gain a lot of yards this week. That's just kind of how things have gone um, at Donatello's scheme. And they think they've been okay to let, you know, the 15 yard in come, come over the middle, as long as they don't get burned by the, you know, the 50 yard nine route over the top. Um, I think by nature, like Washington's going to be able to gain yards this week. I think where there could be, you know, an, an advantage for the Vikings is, is pass rush. I think Darius Smith has been among the best pass rushers in the league all year. Um, I think that's, it's been a pleasant surprise for the Vikings. They brought him in. I think they thought, okay, if we can team him and, and Daniel Hunter off the edge, or I guess in this defensive scheme, it's not always off the edge. Sometimes you see these guys rushing up the middle, rushing over the guard, you know, rushing off the edge the next play. Um, and I don't think anyone thought Zadarius Smith was going to be leading the league in, in, in sacks at this point, um, you know, heading into week eight. So if, if the Vikings are going to allow these chunk yardage plays like they have been throughout the season, um, and, and kind of play that bend, don't break mentality. Um, I think the best way to have success this weekend is to continue to dial up that pass rush. Um, it sounds obviously like every team wants to do that. Um, but the way Darius Smith has been playing as of late, like he's been an X factor in games week in, week out, just got named defensive player of the month for the month of October. I think he had six and a half sacks last month. Um, just an insane pressure rate. He, he's someone who can be a game changer kind of in the way that, that we talked about Craig, how, you know, the interior pass rush for Washington can be a game changer for them on that side of the ball with making Kirk uncomfortable. I think if Sedarius can get home, um, he can make Taylor and that offense kind of, you know, throw them off, make them uncomfortable. Uh, real quick question. Sorry. Is Dalvin Tomlinson going to play this week? Do you know? It, it's he, so O'Connell said week to week. I would be su- surprised if he did at this point, the way just kind of reading between the lines. Um, yeah. He said, we hope to get him there on game day and, and make him a game time decision. Um, and then that same breath, he said, but we want to make sure we were smart with him because he's having a good season. So right. um, it would be the first game he's missed in his NFL career if, if he does um, due to injury. Um, but I don't expect him this weekend. Okay. All right. When we were talking, you seem to have some some Taylor Heineke stories uh, from his time there. You said everybody loved him because he was like Mister Preseason. Uh, and so, what's your what's your like favorite go to Taylor Heineke story? And and how much of a conversation has his presence and his growth into being the starter here been a conversation this week there? Yeah, I think it's always been something. He he he's been just kind of this media darling. People like look at Taylor Heineke, and he he's someone where. You, think about all oh, those preseason games or how he looked in that mini camp and and it just kind of sticks in your head he, he's just one of those players I think probably every NFL market has certain guys that they just remember from from the time of training camp or the preseason that just kind of were these training camp heroes that was Taylor Heineke um, but what I was talking about earlier is like if, if you go back Teddy Bridgewater suffered that that, that catastrophic knee injury in 16 and just like a random drop back in, in, in training camp and snaps his knee and alters the trajectory of his career in the Vikings franchise as a whole. Taylor Heineke gets hurt between mini camp and training camp that year, or he would have been in line to be the quarterback. I, I think the way Scott Turner felt about Taylor Heineke was very, very clear. I think it still is very, very clear now that he's with Washington. 
I, I don't necessarily think the Vikings go make that trade for Sam Bradford if Taylor Heineke doesn't sever a tenant in his foot by kicking a, an apartment when like, he got locked out of an apartment at his friend's house and, and kicked through a window, ends up severing a tendon in his foot, and is out for the year. So it's like, what would his career have looked like if that never happened? I don't know. But it's it's just funny to kind of look now, and I guess we can say funny because he has gotten – back to that pinnacle of success he is a for for this year at least or for this week at least a starter in the nfl um so you can kind of look back on those things and say like wow like it's amazing how far he's come certainly would have been sad if he never got back to this level again um but to kind of see his journey and 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 to, to see where he is now um, I think we're talking to him on a conference call later on Thursday afternoon. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's a guy you root for even when he's he's gone. And um, I think it'll be something that will be an interesting layer to this weekend's game for sure. Definitely. Uh, who would have thought that the quarterbacks on both sides would be this big of a story? I didn't realize how much Heineke meant there in Minnesota, but now we know. This is why we have someone like Dane on. Uh, Dane Mizutani, Inside the Purple and Gold is their pod. Uh, you can also check out his work at TwinCities.com and in the Pioneer Press. Uh, Dane, thanks so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Dane. Thanks, guys.